West is going to be taking the lead on teaching this class. He and Jen have been through this class, and uh, they've shared quite a bit with us. But West is going to kind of take the lead, and I'm going to kind of probably just kind of uh, team up with him at times. But uh, if everybody doesn't have a book, make sure that you do get a book in the back. And uh, like we said, too, as far as the $20 cost of the book, if, if you simply can't afford it, don't let that be a preventative factor. Um, if you want to do installments, and that's easier than, you know, dropping a 20 in there now, whatever. It's really just not a big deal to us. We want you to get this material and engage in it. So, anyway, why don't we bow our heads, and uh, we'll jump right in. Father, we just thank you for this day, God. We thank you for the beautiful sunshine. Uh, Lord, for just uh, more glimpses of your beauty outdoors. Lord, we thank you for this time and for what you have been preparing in our hearts for these moments together. Lord, would you just guide us? Would you help us to be open in every way to, uh, to your spirit just leading and, uh, and working within us? Uh, just guide Wes, guide myself as, as we walk through these materials starting today and in many weeks to come. Just bless this time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. I'm really glad to see all of you guys here. Um, I want to reiterate, make sure you get a booklet. It actually looks like this, your Freedom Resource freedom class manual and uh, there will be homework that gets handed out at the end and the only reason I say that there's homework is because um, I, I cannot stress enough uh, these packets that you get are um, they're in no specific order but they're very powerful for the back end of this class I mean you you need to take the moment take the time invest your your time you've already invested some money which is 20 bucks which is not too bad to have your life changed right um, make sure that you are investing the time as well into doing the homework. I cannot stress enough how important that homework is. Um, it helps you actually walk through some of the strongholds that we'll be touching on as we teach the lesson and stuff like that. So um, get your book at the end of the homework. Sheets are on that table over there. There's three packets. Everybody gets one of each packet. So um, I will assign those per week and then also have them ready copy for you so you guys can take them home. <clears throat> Um, let me begin by, um, by, by telling you a little bit about my freedom story before we get started. Um, growing up in a, in a, uh, a church home, um, I really felt like, you know, uh, I kind of had it all together. Um, and then Jennifer and I got married and it all fell apart. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but what it, what had happened was now that I'm combining my stuff with someone else's stuff, right? the conflicts really begin to happen, and so um, I never really thought growing up that I dealt with anger until Jen and I got into a, a, an argument in our first apartment, and I stuck my fist through the door. Um, I, I never really realized that I dealt with um, an inferiority complex, me being the A-type personality, you know, dealing with an inferiority complex, but I have wavered and, and succumbed to many, many, many men's thought patterns because I'm so worried about what they think about me. I've also dealt with a whole lot of other stuff that we'll, we'll touch on as we go through here. So in going through this freedom class, um, it wasn't called freedom class when I went through it. The manual is the same, but the first process we went through is called celebrate life. And that was the whole point behind it was, you know, you get free and then you begin to celebrate what your life can really be like, what, what, it, what it was made to be by God. And so um, in going through the homework and going through, you know, the, the listening and the teaching, Stuff, it just really gave me a, a, 
It gave me a, a really rude awakening with some of the junk that I really dealt with in life. And, and I, I couldn't understand. How can somebody who grew up in a Christian home have so much junk? So I'm talking to those of you first, right, who have been Christians for a really long time. I've been a Christian for, let's see, I was 87 uh, when I got saved, and I'm 31 now. You can do the math. So that long. And it, it, it really takes its toll. Life takes its toll on you. You, do, you go through things. You, you acquire uh, a whole bunch of stuff, even from your birth, uh, which you guys will understand after today and after this class, is that even from your birth, you actually pick up things called generational strongholds. You have no part in them until they actually happen to you, and you realize that your parents and their parents and then their parents' parents all did the same. It's a pattern, and it's something that we really need to break today, and, and those are things that I even came across. I never realized that my father and my father's father struggled with pornography. I never knew that. Because, well, first of all, I didn't really know my father. But they all had the, they all had the problem. And, and they also dealt with overeating. Now, I'm not huge on the, on the dieting part, because I have, I go on the seafood diet every year. <clears throat> seafood, and I eat it. <laughs> and it's amazing, uh, except for the fact that, um, not only my, my grandfather, who's passed on now, but my dad, uh, by the age of 50 something, each of them have had open heart surgery. Because of the way that they and, because, and, and that, you know, growing up Cajun, everything's fried. If it's not fried, I'm not satisfied. That's kind of where I came from, right? So <clears throat> knowing, knowing all of that, it really has, has helped me, you know, this class has really had, uh, helped me deal with some of the things that I've had to go through and, and pull out. And, and my first challenge to you guys is just be open. Don't look at a, a, at a stronghold and go, I don't have that. Be open. Because the Holy Spirit wants to change your life. God wants to change your life, not just get rid of a stronghold, but when you get rid of a stronghold, your life is changed. Say that again. When you begin to get rid of strongholds, your life will change. The way you live, how you act, how you speak, how you live your life will change. Now, I'm not saying, you know, your daily routine, what you do, if you're a routine person, I'm not saying your routine will change unless you're diving into God a little bit more or a lot more. But at the same time, be open. Don't, don't, look, at a, don't look at a homework packet and go, oh, I don't struggle with inferiority. Go through it. Read it. Open your heart. Say, God, is this something I deal with? And read the actual packet. There, uh, and, and a lot of them, there's checkoff points, there's, there's marks, there's things to actually go through. And that was the hard part for me because when I sat there and I started reading these things, yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's me. Oh, man, that's me. Oh, you know. And and we all know that the Bible says there's, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And so, uh, actually, you'll see that today. That's that's one of the homework packages is, is condemnation. And so, anyway, moving on. So what is this class all about? I've actually had quite a few people ask me, Wes, what is this class all about? All right, so the class can only begin... With scripture, okay, and only begin with scripture. Um, hold on, let me backtrack a little bit. Uh, on page four of your resource manual, let's go through a couple ground rules for this class. We'll go through a few ground rules. Um, how many of you guys know God is a God of order, and uh, He likes rules, or else He wouldn't have made them up? 
You begin, uh, you'll be given your instructor's email, which I'm not necessarily your instructor. I get to go on this journey with you. <laughs> um, email address and contact information. If you guys have any questions uh, during, the, during the class, during, after the class, whatever, send them to me. Um, side note, this is also a very open forum style. If you have a question, hit it, okay? Let, let me see what we are, what, what you're processing, what you're computing while we're doing this together because this is a together thing. Everybody look to the person on your left, look to the person on your right. Okay, we're all in this together. All right, we're all in this together. All right, so um, here's some email addresses. You can write them down in case you don't have them. It uh, should be pretty simple. Mark at lifepointchurchonline.com. And guess what the next one is? Wes at lifepointchurchonline.com. And then just for general things, if you don't need to necessarily contact either one of us, you can just do info. Info at lifepointchurchonline.com. One of the things that we should clarify, too, I think some, um, we ordered a book for every person. Um, yeah. So couples, we really are, the preference is that everybody has a book to put notes in. So um, if that's a financial hardship, then just take the book. Um, because we do have enough for question. Who has their cell phone here? Anybody have a cell phone? Okay. Who has uh, coffee? Morning coffee? Morning water? Something to drink? Okay. How many of you guys have your Bible? Okay. Alright. You would be surprised the very first time we did this and like nobody had their Bible. <laughs> it's nuts. Bring your Bible. This is the living, active, breathing, change your life Word of God. And we're going to dive into it a bunch during the class and also in your homework. Yes, sir. Well, it's going to be a bunch of mixed versions because there's some that come out of the book. My preference is NIV. Um, and that's the one that I really like to teach from and, and study and yada yada. But um, you'll see actually in the in the book itself, I'll quote a few of the scriptures that are in there. Uh, it'll be uh, NASB, the NKGB, the, you know, the New King James. The, uh, as long as I'm not these and then thousand and thus and then stuff, we ought to be all right. <clears throat> um, make a commitment to attend every class. Uh, I'm not saying that you can't miss any, but I'm, I, I am strongly, strongly suggesting that you make the commitment to be here from start to finish. Each class kind of builds on itself. I mean, everything is, is, is chewable. I guess you can say each class is chewable per week. So if you miss one, it's not too bad. You're not going to miss the whole thing. But at the same time, each, each class sort of builds on itself. So my encouragement is just make that commitment. Get here, and uh, from now on, we will be starting at 9:15. So, like, because it only gets deeper from here. So that's why we've got a little, got a little play time this week. Um, remember that you are. This is the hard part. I want everybody's eyes right here. You are invading a territory that the devil has had for a long time. Let me say that again. You're invading territory that the devil has had a stronghold, a foothold. That spot in your heart, in your life, in your mind. Oh, Wes, that can't be true. Yeah, it's true. That's why it's called a strong. Okay. You're invading this territory that he's held for a long time. Be prayed up. Be prepared. Read your word. Do what the book actually says in the repentance, the replacing, the, re- the receiving his forgiveness. Do these things because you're taking that territory back. Okay? You're going to take that territory back. And... Unfortunately, he doesn't let go without a fight. All right? So just know that. 
I actually had somebody tell me before the class, something's up because, you know, all the opposition that people have been facing and going through up to the freedom class. I'm not saying that the devil is all-knowing, but when we begin to pray, he begins to target us, right? And so I've been praying for this class uh, so fervently because I know that I know what it can do. And all of a sudden, you're, you're going to find out that the devil is going to try and latch onto that stronghold so much tighter. Now, is he all-powerful? No. Is he all-knowing? But he, he knows some of your buttons. He knows the strongholds you do have. So be ready to take that back. And uh, the last thing is, is definitely the Bible reading. There's quite a bit of suggestive reading in the book. There's going to be also some suggestive reading that I get to give. Um, read it. If you don't understand it the first time, it's okay. Read it again. Ask God to open your eyes. Ask Him to, to really you know, open your ears, open your spirit to what He has to say and what this scripture really means for me in this area and or stronghold of my life. So, with that, uh, let's, let's begin. You ready? Everybody take a deep breath. Now, I only, I only gave myself about 20-ish minutes. So, I've got 9.31 here. Um, and we're going to take the last 10 minutes of the class to actually... Um, we're going to break apart and, and grab somebody next to you and, and begin to talk about it. If you have any questions, Mark and I will be up here, that whole thing. So we're going to take the last 10 minutes of that. Romans chapter 6. This is where Paul, <clears throat> beginning in verse 15, this is where Paul says... Uh, or it's talking about being slaves to righteousness versus slaves to sin. And I want to begin with verse 18 right here, not begin. The, the only one I want to read is... You have been set free. Everybody say free. free. Let's do that again. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Wes, what is this class all about? That's it right there. You have been set free and have become slaves to righteousness. At the, uh, I'm not saying that this one class is the end-all, be-all. I'm not saying that, that, that this is going to change your life once and for all. Because life transformation is a process. But it begins with the understanding that you have already, past tense, been set free. Okay? When you, when you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, salvation is done in the end. The freedom is offered to you. Now, I'm not saying that once you're saved, you've been set free, but that's what the Bible says. But it's offered to you. The freedom is there for you to grab See, you've been set free from sin and, and, and are now going to be, hold on, I've got a whole bunch of notes here, and are now going to be slaves to righteousness. 2 Corinthians verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 10 in the NKGV, this is on page 1, it says, It is God who delivered us from so great a death and does deliver us, present tense. Let me read that again. Who delivered us, past tense, and does deliver us, present tense, and whom we trust that he will still Deliver us, future tense. Do you see a little pattern here? God wants you free. He wants you to live a life that is, is, is free from worry and doubt, free from uh, condemnation, free from any of the things and strongholds that, that actually will bog down your life. Uh, John chapter 10, verse 10 says this. Uh, this is the New American Standard. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life, and have it abundantly. Have it abundantly. I love that scripture. We've been going through that scripture in Revolution. And uh, it's been fantastic to really dig into. So to put, put it simply, Freedom Class is about becoming more like Jesus. 
and reflecting his love and his power to everyone around us. The freedom class is so that we can become more like Jesus. Jesus walked on the earth. He lived a sinless life. There were zero strongholds in his life. He lived, John, life to the full, life in abundance. He understood what that meant. And so my prayer and my desire for you is this, uh, to, uh, to understand that this entire class Oh, there we go. Um, to understand that this entire class is is the beginning of your freedom walk in Christ. Okay? Uh, on page two, it says, What must be understood to live in freedom? The meaning and the fullness of salvation, which we'll actually touch on today. The calling and the destiny that Christ has for you. Uh, that's coming up. How to tear down strongholds. Um, that is going to be a fantastic Please do not miss that class. That's going to be a fantastic topic and subject. And there will be a lot of homework on that one. Because you're going to start tearing down strongholds and see how God really rearranges your life. And it's going to be awesome. The effects of an abundance of love and truth in your life. Who could use a little bit more love and truth? Come on. I know I could. Of an absence of the love and truth. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I want the love and truth too. <laughs> but you're going you're gonna to realize yeah, the absence of love and truth in your life. How sin gives the enemy jurisdiction or a place of power in your life. The power and simplicity of genuine repentance, which we will touch on a little today. Uh, understanding the power that is yours in Christ at salvation. Um, let me pause right here real quick. We all have with us, in us, as long as we have um, accepted Christ as our Savior, we have... His authority, that's what the Bible says. And a lot of us are thinking, okay, so what does that mean? We're going to touch on it in this class. You're going to realize the power and the authority that you have because of what Christ did for you. Not only just in his name, but in the, in the, in the realms of, of the spiritual world and the realms of the physical world. You're going to understand the authority that you have. It's my goal, my prayer as well. In, in Christ, it's so amazing. And then also, no, point eight right there, as you see, it says to take back, how to take back territory from the enemy in your life and at your home. And so finally, freedom is about a deep and powerfully intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. You can experience everything that we just talked about, the understanding of freedom, in a deep, intimate, powerful relationship with Jesus Christ. Just, it begins there. Before I go anywhere else, I made a little star in my notes right here. Before I go anywhere else, understanding that freedom comes with salvation is also understanding that salvation has to happen for freedom. So this is the point where I don't want to assume anything. Because as pastors, as preachers, we get to assuming that people have actually accepted Christ as their Savior. And we move on and we teach and we go and we get and we guide and we but nobody's really accepted that freedom yet. Does that make sense? So right now, I, I, and we're family here, so I can do this. Who has not accepted Christ yet? Because we want to do that now. Because your journey doesn't begin with, oh, let me look at this and see where it goes. Your, your journey begins with salvation. Okay, I, I just didn't want to assume. Because assuming also gives devil the, the stronghold, foothold. So, uh, and I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to assume anything anymore, ever again. Oh, it's in the other room. 
I'm sorry, you guys. I have like two manuals that I've been studying from lately. Here's the other one. <laughs> I think what's one of the things to comment on too here is uh, just how God really has orchestrated us taking on this reading class. Uh, we've been talking about the staff. As you know, we've come out of this recent series of clothes, and we've been dealing with just a few of these issues uh, on Sunday, Sunday morning in our teaching. And it's just amazing how God just opens the door for, for this process to so excited about. We, we just can't take credit for uh, what God has been doing behind the scenes. Right. And uh, I think that's just underscored with a, a number of you who have expressed how different um, what we really consider strongholds have really touched you in what God wants you to do overcome them. So I, I, I wholeheartedly agree that no matter where we're at, there's gonna, there are going to be things here that are going to touch and hit our hearts that we may not even give credit to. Um, here we go, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. It's on page 5 in your manual. It says this, He is so rich in kindness that He purchased our freedom through the blood of His Son, and our sins are forgiven. Like I said, that's the beginning of this journey. Salvation at its core is the beginning of this, of this journey. And it's an understanding and or a realization that, you know what? We're messed up, and we need a Savior. So... That salvation's realization at its core is that, you know what, I cannot do it without Jesus. Um, this is where it all begins. And so that's why I make such a, a strong statement there. Um, Romans, uh, Paul says in Romans that everybody has sinned and, and has fallen short of the glory of God. Everybody. Every man, woman, child, and, and everybody encompasses pretty much everybody. So um, the truth is that, that we're all lost. And um, here, let me see. What did I just read? Six, oh, seven. Ephesians 1, 6, 7, and 8. He is so rich in his kindness that he purchased our freedom through the blood of his son and our sins are forgiven. You see, the truth is that we are all lost. Our purposes, God's plan, all of it has been lost because of the sin of Adam. It all started in the garden. Uh, Paul talks about how it all started with one man and therefore it will all be redeemed by one man. So again... Uh, the power of salvation is is just that. I mean, it's the fact that um, a, a freedom fact right here. If you guys are jotting down notes, this isn't in your actual book. Uh, freedom fact number one is that God gave us his son to grant us our freedom. He actually sent Jesus. Now, oh, what's your preaching? Fire. You know what? Begin to understand that Christ's salvation isn't just so that you can be you know, free of sin. He purchased our freedom. Our freedom is a freedom from strongholds, freedom from from anything that would keep us back from being in, in the relationship that Christ wants us to be in with him. So he purchased that. He purchased our freedom. We have been ransomed, basically. Mark chapter 10, verse 45 says this, For even the Son of Man did not come to serve, uh, to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Everyone knows John 3.16. If you don't, I'm going to go through it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Luke chapter 19, verse 10. I know I'm kind of running through these quickly, but it says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save what is lost. That word save in the Greek, I don't know if you guys know this, is sozo. S-O-Z-O. Kind of like sodo. It's sozo. It's actually... Uh, the meaning of it is from a from the primary sos um, to be safe. It communicates the full picture of salvation as deliverance, restoration, 
protection, preservation, and wholeness. Let me say that again. Salvation, it, it depicts, excuse me, communicates the full picture of salvation as deliverance, restoration, protection, preservation, and wholeness. And so here's freedom fact number two, if you're writing this down. We need to accept this gift of freedom by asking Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. Now, most of us have, have already done that. We have already done that, is what I was asking earlier. This fact is so, like I said, it's so important. Don't try and take somebody through this class or, or, or help lead somebody else through any of this until you know that they are saved, until you know that they have accepted that gift of freedom and salvation. Okay. Let's clarify something too, because I know as you're flipping through your notebook, uh, some, some of you are looking for okay, exactly where we have the notebook. It's going to kind of be going in and out of the notebook, and so that's the importance too of, uh, of noting additional scriptures that are shared. Um, we're not going to go through this notebook verbatim, so I just don't want to frustrate some of you who right. might be going, "Where are we at?" But take the time to take the time to, to read over it, reread it, dive into it at home. That's that's a uh, it's a great resource. It's just that there's been this is also the class that I went through. It's kind of a combination of the two uh, that I get to speak on. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by confessing it with your mouth that you are saved. Uh, again, accepting that freedom, accepting that salvation it is a huge part. Don't try and send somebody through a freedom class or even talk to them too much about it without knowing where they are with their salvation. Everybody good? Okay. Freedom fact number three. When we get saved, that salvation, it, its intent is for Christ to have, to give us complete life restoration. Complete life restoration. Again, that word sozo in, in Luke 19.10, that word saved means restoration. It actually denotes he wants to restore you to an original plan, an original design, an original thing for your life that God has placed on your life, your purpose, all that good kind of stuff. We good? Okay. Um, let me go through um, what this part is, our part and your part. So, God has a part and we have a part. Right? So, God has the part of, uh, uh, he, he paid the price. He sent his son. Uh, he's given us not only freedom, but he, he's giving us the things at the end of, of life, you know, the uh, heaven and freedom from the pains of this world, all of those things. So looking into the future, too. So that, that's God's part. And, and God sees his children. I want you to understand that you are a child of God. And he sees his children as restored today, like currently. He sees you as restored. But what we need to do is line up our vision, what we know of ourselves, with his vision what he sees us as. Okay? We're going to be doing quite a bit of that in this class, uh, especially in the uh, believer's authority part where you're going to be given the tools that God sees you with and you're going to need to line up your, your thinking, your heart, your spirit with what the Word of God says and how he says that you, you know, who and how he says you are. So that's his part. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. So that's, that's why I'm saying that God already sees you as restored. He sees you as he wants you to be. Here on earth, we've got to make sure that we are doing what we can to get rid of the strongholds and become 
what he wants us to be. So our part, positionally, is that we need to be saved, right? Um, practically, is that salvation is a continuous work in our lives. That's why, um, that's why the Word of God says that we have to continually work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Uh, there's, here, let me see. Alright, um, that's why we need to continue to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. You know, what's right for you isn't right for somebody else, but that's a whole other theological part of it. What I want to make sure that you guys are understanding is that in your, in your part of salvation, it's a continuous work. It's something that God continually wants you to realize that I have saved you. I have called you by name. I have bought you. This is a continuous thing that we need to get in our minds. That I'm not saying once saved, always saved. I'm not saying that. That's a big theological debate that I'm not trying to get into. What I'm saying is that God wants you to realize that once He saved you, you're now His. That's a continuous thing. Now, He's jealous. He's covetous of you. He's jealous. The Word actually says that He is a jealous God for you. And so, um, our part as well is to grow up in Him. Everybody say, grow up. Now, I have to tell my... Uh, Sometimes I look at him and I'm like, grow up. I mean, come on, really? Sometimes God does that to us. Jesus looks at us and he goes, Listen, I want you to grow up in me. You know, you're no longer a baby suckling for milk. And if you are, that's fine. But the, the word of God, first Peter two, uh, chapter uh, chapter two, verse two says this like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that in it you may grow up. In your salvation. You notice how, how it's talking about salvation. He says, crave pure spiritual milk so that in it you may grow up in your salvation. That's, I think that's a message translation. And then um, Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 says, Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, the, again, the growing up of, of, you know, in life and in, in the spirit, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Our part, part two, and we're going to wrap up here soon because um, uh, the it all gets into repentance. And right after repentance, it just kind of goes from there, which is fantastic. Our part, part two, is to, to turn from our old ways. You can be saved and still do what you used to do. But in experiencing freedom, we need to understand that we need to turn from our old ways. Repentance, uh, basically making a U-turn, turning away from, moving away from sin, uh, that kind of thing. Acts chapter 3 verse 18 says, Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Times of refreshing. Again, that's a a message translation. So, repentance. What are we talking about here, Wes? Uh, my book here. In your book, you can turn to page. Uh, I'm going to read from page 7 real quick. Understanding repentance at the bottom right-hand corner. See, what was just described to you and what will be described in all of this book is, is more than mere words or a belief system. It is an action that involves every fiber of your being. Every fiber of your being, it it saturates your entire life. It includes your mind, your will, your emotions, your physical body. Truly being saved is an act of repentance. So what is repentance? I'm on page 9 now. Um, Repentance, there's there's four keys to repentance. And I'm going to step out of that for a second. 
There's four keys to repentance, and you'll see this at the end of your homework. Um, Um, four keys to re- I know I gotta like check our own time here. Four keys to repentance, and uh, you'll see this at the end of your homework. But I want to expound on it a little bit. Key number one is to repent from your sin. Everybody go. Duh. But there's more. All right. Whatever it is, get real with God. Whatever you're dealing with, get real with God. Whatever's inside, uh, whatever you're hiding on the inside, whatever sin you have, uh, pride, arrogance. Uh, lust, selfishness, whatever, give it to God. Okay? Give it up. I repent, Father, of that. You know, God, I repent of this. Give it up. Anger, uh, uh, inferiority, all those things. Uh, Wes, is inferiority a sin? Uh, it's not a sin, but at the same time, if it causes you to sin, it's a stronghold. So, you got to give it up. Give it up to God. Speak it out. And yes, for you introverts, I am saying, speak it out loud. Go in your, you know, in your mind, you're like, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you know, I just it, it, speak it out loud. Begin to realize that that you're dealing with some real stuff. Begin to realize that that you're going to be a little bit more emboldened to speak to Daddy God when you're speaking it out loud. And so, speak it out loud. Let God know that you are serious about repenting. And if, if it does, you know, not if, but. We should even begin to name our sins one by one. I mean, First John one nine. Everybody should know First John one nine. It says, "If you are faithful to confess your sins, He's faithful and just to forgive you of those sins." That's an exchange right there, buddy. That's an amazing exchange. If you confess your sin with your mouth, He is faithful to forgive you of that sin. You want to take that step? Oh, bless, but I'm an introvert. How do I do that? Pray alone. Get your alone time. You don't have to. You don't have to confess all your sins in a group setting. What I'm saying is, when you're confessing your sins, be bold enough to speak it out to God. He knows them, but He wants to hear them. Point number two, key, repen- uh, key to repentance. Number two is receiving His forgiveness. There's where a lot of see a lot of people stop at repenting. A lot of folks do. Here's where this class is going to take us a little deeper. When you repent of something. Begin to receive His forgiveness. The Bible is very clear. Its truth is very clear. If you are faithful to confess, He is faithful to forgive. We need to receive that. We need to go, alright, I have repented of this. And because the Word of God is living, acting, breathing, it's alive. His Word says that I am forgiven. I need to begin to receive that forgiveness. How many of you guys have ever taught of that? Taught that? God's forgiveness. It's an act, something that you should do. Don't just go, okay, God, I'm sorry. And a week later, okay, God, I'm sorry for the same thing. Okay, God, I'm sorry for the same thing. Okay, God, I'm sorry for the same thing. It becomes disingenuous after a while, and or ungenuous after a while. And uh, this is where I want us to pick it up. When we repent, He wants us to begin to receive that forgiveness. Understand that once you have repented, you're forgiven. Get that part? That part sends chills down my spine every time I think about it. When I repent, I have to go, man, I'm forgiven. And it puts a smile on my face because I no longer have to, I no longer have to battle that. And we'll, we'll get into that through the, through the uh, believer's authority and whatnot. 
Um, part number three, uh, this is where we get into the spiritual world, is that we have to rebuke the enemy's hold on you because of sin. Now, we'll, we'll touch on this a little later, a couple other classes, but there's a physical realm and there's a spiritual realm. The Bible is very clear that we do not battle as the world battles. We don't battle against flesh and blood, fist fighting, guns and knives, but we battle against principalities and powers and darkness, the things we cannot see with our physical eyes. Okay? So step number three, once you have received God's forgiveness, you take the moment and you say, devil, done. You rebuke that hold that's been had on your life. Is that biblical, Wes? Well, you have all authority in Christ. That the Bible actually says that. You are a son of, and, and, and daughter of the Most High God. And in your authority that Christ has given you, you have the right to tell the devil to go to hell. You have the right to tell him where to go. You have the right to tell him what to let go of in your life. It says before, is the devil all powerful? No, he's not. Even he has the power. Stuff that he's put in your life, the things that he's holding on to, the stuff that he's got wrapped around your ankle as a stronghold, when you tell it to go away in Jesus' name, when, you, when you're rebuking the devil for that sin in your life, he has to listen. It has to listen. It will go. We will believe and understand that authority in a couple more classes. I don't know if you guys really understand that or believe that. It took me a long time, and like I said, growing up in a, in a Christian household, I still had... To, to learn that there is an authority that you have in Christ Jesus. There's things that you can say that the devil has to listen to. There's things that you can do that you can break the stronghold in your life because the spiritual world still has to bow. Okay? Alright. And then the fourth thing is also very, very important. You have to replace everything that you just repented received forgiveness for, rebuked the devil for, now you need to replace it with God's truth, which is the Word of God. As little as this is, this is stronger than a stick of dynamite. You have to replace it with God's Word. Now, I don't, I don't know where the story came from, Mark, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, the, somebody I heard from that uh, when you rebuke you know, you rebuke and clean out your household. If you don't refill it, then it's easier for the devil to get back in. I don't know where that story came from or if it was a, a spiritual story or wise tale or whatever, but it, it, it does stand to reason that once you've rebuked something, once you've actually told the devil to get out, why not fill it back with God's truth? Why not support what you're doing with what God said? Uh, there's not a spice back with it. Well, in, in Luke chapter 4, um, it's actually one of my favorite things because when Jesus is baptized, he's drawn into the, he's drawn into the woods and the devil tempts him four times. And each time he said what? It is written. He actually had the word of God as a tool, as his weapon. He had all time scripture. And he says, you know, I will not have any other gods before me. I will tempt the Lord my God. You know, that kind of thing. And when he said it was written, he actually told the devil where to go. He was like, you're done. You can't battle with 
mean, like, I, and it's so cliche, and I've said it before even in the message. I read the end of the book, you guys, we win. I read the end of the book, you're, you're set free. It's realizing that, it's living that here on this life right now so that others can see, so that others can be set free. So, the fourth thing is to replace those lies, replace what you just did with the word of God, God's truth. The word tells us in Psalms 119.11, it says, Your word I have hidden in my heart that I will not sin against you. So that's why it's really important. Again, those four steps, you'll see them uh, in some of your homework. Repent from your sin. Receive God's forgiveness. Rebuke the stronghold or rebuke uh, the enemy's hold on your life because of that sin, which is the stronghold that we'll talk about in the rest of the class. And replace all of those lies with the truth of God. Replace all of those lies with the truth of God. Because the end result of this class, my prayer, my, my desire, is at the end of this class that we'll understand that, that freedom is about complete life restoration. Complete life restoration. It's taking off the old, putting on the new. That's exactly what salvation is. Taking off the old, it's putting on the new. You see the correlation? You see why we had to get that first? Make sure that we don't just dive right into a stronghold and start rebuking the devil about it. See? It, it's complete life restoration. Um, I'm going to sidetrack from my notes here a second and just say, you know what? Going through this class the first time, um, I, I dealt with a lot of things, especially in the first couple classes I dealt with. Completely anti-Bible. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I am. I are. I dealt with inferiority because uh, as much as I loved him, I was also under a pastor who was great at manipulating me. I wanted to make sure that I pleased him because I was looking for a job. And I also dealt with unbelief in the fact of, I know who I am in Christ, but at the same time, it's just so hard to grasp sometimes, Mark, that you are a son or a daughter of God. You have the authority that Christ Jesus gave you on the cross because of what he did on the cross. You have that. That is a tool, a weapon. It's in your arsenal. Have that. And I, I dealt with unbelief. You know, I've sinned so much, God. How can I? I dealt with the unbelief of the fact that can I live a life that's fully restored? What does that look like? And I began to deal with those things and I began to, to, to see patterns in my life where, where God would set me up for success and I sell myself short for it. God would set me up for success and I felt condemned because I just did something that I know I shouldn't have done. Does that make sense? I mean, it, it's a pattern. So, you're going to hear me say this time and time again, but life restoration is a process. It's a process. It's not something that you can flip the light switch on and it's done. It's not a prayer you can pray. It's not a scripture you can read. It's, it's a process. Reading the word of God, filling your heart, filling your spirit, filling your mind with what God says you are. It's a process. But when you allow that process to 
you allow it to really start to take hold of life. Life restoration happens. Transformation happens. Once I'm already really happy all the time, I love God, and I pray all the time, I read my word all the time, what are you doing? How much better can you be on this side of what are you dealing with? Freedom on the other side is so amazing. Uh, did we bring a little bell? Hey, can we get a cord? Any cord? There's a couple under there. I want to show you guys what a stronghold looks like before I finish this out. Um, I've got more. Well, actually, I don't have any. That's fine. <clears throat> Complete life restoration looks like this. So, when we're lost in have, we're lost in sin and we're, we're walking around in bondage. And we ask Jesus to forgive us, okay? So we are now, we're sinners, okay? Christ, please, Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. I want you in my life. You're my Lord and Master. Please forgive me of my sins. And then what happens is God forgives us. life restoration, you no longer hold this sin. You no longer hold this stronghold. What complete life restoration looks like isn't, okay, God's forgiven me, but I'm angry all the time. Or, God's forgiven me, but, you know, I deal with uh, this. You know, and Lord, I worship you, but complete life restoration, complete transformation. What's the purpose of his purchasing your freedom is complete life restoration. Carry that in our freedom. It means he's forgiving you for your sins. It means you no longer have to deal with it. The story in Genesis where, where Abram was making a covenant with God, and God says, I want you to take a dove. Cash and a heifer, and, and, and I want you to split them down the middle. And I want you to lay them out before me, and we're going to make a covenant. He did this. Abram laid everything out. And the Bible says that the vultures came. Now he's, he's connecting with God. He's got this covenant that he's making with God. But he's so wrapped up in the fact that these vultures are coming, and I've got to get rid of these vultures. And he's working so hard. And he's doing everything that he can to protect what he thinks God's about to give him in this covenant. The Bible says God stood between him. Because he wanted him to be restored. He wanted him to be full and whole when the covenant was complete. He didn't want to have to battle. There's so many people, Michelle, that when they get saved, they're still battling and they're swatting these things away in there. They're they're so worried about all the stuff that I'm not supposed to do now that I'm a Christian that they don't ever get into the fact of, can I? They don't ever get into the fact of, this is what God has called me to do. You find that out not spotting an altar. Not worrying about how many strongholds the devil has on you. Not worrying about where you're going to go for, for, for marriage counseling because your marriage is falling apart. We're going to deal with that. 
But so many people are living this way. Even in our church, even as Christ followers, church lovers, Bible folks, are living. Like, listen, you don't need to have a battle every day for the same thing that you have for God. John chapter 8. Because if the Son sets you free, you are truly free. Complete life restoration. You can look in page 9, and I'll wrap up with this because we're going to take the next 10 minutes or so and Ask questions, get questions, all this other stuff. Um, salvation is about complete restoration. Remember, each word in the scripture below, or uh, each word in the scriptures below that are bold is uh, a translation of the Greek word sozo. So, uh, number one is restoration of our relationship with God. In, in the Garden of Eden, the relationship that Adam had with God was severed when he sent. He was sent out of the garden. That relationship God wants to restore. He wants to restore it between you and us today. So, you know, well, I already have a relationship with God. How much better on the other side of freedom will it be? You know, let me say that a lot. Restoration of our purpose. Second Timothy 1.9 Who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of His own purpose and His own grace. God has a plan and a purpose for each one of his children. Period. My prayer is also that you guys would begin to, if you've been looking for that, Lord, what is that? That you begin to find it on the other side. You begin to realize your original design, what God calls you, what he made you to be, and how you can live that life. Restoration of our inner person, Luke chapter 8, 36, and those who the Son... Uh, or those who had sent it, seen it reported to them how the man who was demon-possessed had been made well. Your inner person, your spirit man, your inner your mind, your will, your emotions, your, not your physical self, but your inner self is restored. There are, uh, it, was, it was crazy, one year at Bible school, we, we had this uh, fantastic weekend uh, where I mean, the, the spirit was moving, people were dead, it was a youth group, uh, youth camp. And there were like 1,200 youth there, 300 uh, staff members. We're all worshiping God. And in the middle of it, this girl goes, no, and just falls on the floor. And I'm like, that's messed up. So me and one of the guys who was working the altar that day, um, we, we ran out to her. And the president of the Bible school who was speaking that night, and, you know, just kind of interjecting here and there amongst the worship, walked up to her, and he said, you're done with the spirit. And that girl was that girl was released and free from the demon right there and then before my eyes. And I tell you what, there's nothing like seeing that. Now, I'm not suggesting that you look for one. <laughs> but her inner person was restored. And it came right after her salvation. She was up at that altar to give her life to Christ. And her inner person was restored. On salvation. That was that was cool. <laughs> I have no other way to say it. That was just so cool. 
Part number four, and I'll, I'll end with this, um, <clears throat> restoration of your physical body as well. Mark chapter 10, verse 52, Jesus said, Go your way, your faith has made you well. As, as you can see, the Greek for that term, made you well, is the same sozo, it's the same saved, the same restored. His physical body was restored, and immediately he regained his sight and began to follow him on the road. Now, um, I, I really want to reemphasize the fact that um, there's a lot, of, a lot of physical things that people deal with. And, you know, can we be freed of them? Yes, yes, you can. Um, you have to believe. You have to get past the unbelief. Am I saying that all of your physical healings will happen on salvation? That's something you're going to have to talk to me and Mark about because there's a lot of uh, a biblical back and forth on that. And, and so, you know, the, the Word of God says that, that this man was physically restored. Immediately he received his sight and he began following Christ. So on his, on his healing, on his salvation, he followed Christ. He wanted to know who he was. He was physically restored. So, the salvation is about, is about total restoration, inside and out, spiritual restoration, mental, everything that you deal with. God wants to restore it. He wants to take it all back. With that, um, I want to end in prayer, and then maybe we can, we'll either break out in groups, you guys can ask questions of each other, and you can talk about how, uh, how uh, homework, you know, get a little homework, but it's always nice to have people to pray with about stuff, right? And so, um, but let me go ahead and close in prayer, and then uh, we'll make the transition, because this is, this is good stuff. Um, again, like I said, it's a process, you guys. It's, it's something that, that begins, and it's a continual thing. I'm still dealing with certain things that I know that God wants to pull out of me. That's what He's going to do. That's my prayer. He will pull these strongholds out of your life. So, um, let me pray. Father, I thank you so much with all of my heart for what it means to truly be free. Father, we can actually live your word that says you have come to give us life and life in abundance. And Father, whatever that looks like for us, it lies on the other side of Daddy, I just I thank you for the opportunity that, that I've had the opportunity to go through prior uh, prior to teaching and so that Lord your glory will be shown. Father, in, in complete life restoration, your glory will be made known, your kingdom will be grown, and Lord, we will begin to experience what your word in John ten ten says, a life. devil, I serve you notice right now that we are taking this territory back, and in Jesus' name you will begin to let go. You will have no place or authority in the life of every believer in this room. And I, I, I command you to be to, to release them and, and release their mind, their unbelief. There is no condemnation, you devil, for those who are in Christ, and we are in I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Father, again, I replace it with your word that says, have life in abundance, that we are your children, we are the apple of your eye, we are the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, anything we put our hand to will prosper, that's who you see, Lord we love you, or we wouldn't be here, 
ask that as the journey continues, you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Guide us. Keep us real. Loving, merciful faithfulness. Amen. Um, homework on the table over there. Everybody grab one of each packet. Uh, condemnation, inferiority, and unbelief. Okay. Just to clarify, too, what you're going to see, like on page 10, your workbook, if there's some, there's some follow-up, too, at the end of this booklet, um, we're going to be assigning homework not only that's stated in here, but goes beyond that and dealing with some specific strongholds. So, um, it's certainly been my experience. I went through a similar um, series several years back called uh, Resolving Personal and Spiritual Conflicts. And I guess my encouragement, again, is, is, to, is to never minimize the, uh, the spiritual nature of the conflict that you find yourself in. Um, as Ephesians 6 says, the, the struggles that we're against are, are not simply just flesh and blood, but they are spiritual in nature. Um, let's, let's not give the devil any more credit than he's due, yet at the same time, let's, let's not minimize um, how you know, those strongholds can get placed in our lives. And so that's what the homework is about for us to further delve into things like condemnation and um, you know, things like unbelief uh, that really can weave their way into our lives. Like I said, be open and be real. Because God will be open and real with you. Okay? One of the things we're going to do too is we kind of wrap up and